Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. You know, we're about to step into a new year, and the question that we always ask is this, how will it turn out? What will it be like? And what will it look like? And what will I experience? Uh, we're optimistic. We, we want to make some commitments. We, we've got some regrets. But what most people do at the beginning of a year is they make what's called New Year's resolutions. It's, the, it's, that, it's that kind of time of year where you, where you do that. But I was reading a 2016 study about New Year's resolutions. Listen to this. Only 9%, and this was done in America, only 9% of Americans actually make New Year's resolutions, 9%, and 23% of that 9% quit by the end of the first week of January. 43% quit by the end of January. Only 9 to 12% of the 9% of people keep their resolutions. Isn't that amazing? So 9% make them, and then of that 9%, only 9% or 12% keep them. And then they say one in 10 who failed said they made too many. 87% of people who made resolutions were confident they could keep them, but by the end of February, only 22% had kept them. Don't raise your hand in the room, but have you made resolutions and you've not kept them? Most of us have, because it's that kind of time of year where you think if you make a resolution, you, 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 you're going to keep it, and the whole year is going to be different. I beg to differ with you, and I want to take you on a bit of a journey and talk to you about something that's not long term, but every day, if you do it, you can have a new year. Jay John, he's a British speaker and pastor. He wrote a book called, Will I Be Fat in Heaven? It's a great title. Some of you are asking the question. He says this about New Year. What a difference we hope one evening will make. The sun sets on the 31st of December, and when it has risen the next morning, a new year has begun. All that was of the year past has gone, and the new year is here. New possibilities, new hopes, new ideas, and dreams. Making New Year's resolutions takes the new year seriously as a start. In making New Year's resolutions, many people try to make possible their dreams, ideas, and hopes. With the morning of Jan 1st of January comes not only a new year, but for many of us, a hope of a new me. Then he comes to the crux. He says, the trouble is, more years than not, we quickly realize it might be a new year, but it's the same old me. You see, 2024 is not going to be determined by the elections. It's not going to be determined by the upturn or downturn of the economy. It's not going to be determined by lucky breaks or opportunities that we might or might not get. It's not going to be determined by New Year's resolutions. It will be determined by something called our attitudes. Because your attitude will determine your destiny your attitude, our attitudes determine our future. Our destiny is governed by our attitudes. Do you know that, the, think about this for a moment, the majority of the problems that we have in our lives and that we have with other people are caused by our attitude. And if we can get our attitudes right, we can succeed in 2024. 
In fact, a man was sitting on a train. I told the story before. Some of you may remember. I think it's one of my books. He was sitting on a train, and he struck up a conversation, as we do, you know, public transport, long journey. Man opposite him asked him what he did, and he told him, and I'm in textiles, and he said, I'm in this. And then he said, and he, his, his, his wife was sitting next to him, and he said, what does she do? Because she was reading and ignoring them, you know, being unfriendly. He said, oh, she's in manufacturing. He said, oh, really, what kind of manufacturing? He says, daily, she manufactures her own unhappiness. <laughs> Maybe you're married to someone like that, just look straight ahead. <laughs> but how many of you know attitude will determine your happiness? In my book called 12 Things That Undermine Our Success, I speak in a whole chapter on attitude, and it's a good book to get. It says, many people are looking for the big keys to success when success is found in daily applying the simple, often overlooked attitudes and adjustments that dramatically accelerate success. Failure is seldom one catastrophic thing that happens to us. It is a slow progression of bad habits and attitudes that cause a collapse in our lives. To add to that, Sir Winston Churchill said, attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. I want to speak to you today, and I've entitled the message, Changed Attitudes for a Changed Life. I could have called it New Attitudes for a New Year, but I thought I'd call it Changed Attitudes for a Changed Life. If you want 2024 to be different, it's going to depend on your attitude every day not just your resolutions. And if you're making some, God bless you. I hope you are part of that 9 to 12% that can keep them. But I do believe it's our attitudes that determine everything. William Shakespeare in his play, Henry V, said this. He said, all things are ready if our mind be so. In other words, the years before you, but it depends how you think. It depends on your attitude. Proverbs 16 tells us that attitude comes before success or failure. It says this, pride precedes a disaster, that's an attitude, and an arrogant attitude precedes a fall. So if you have a disaster, it's caused by attitude. If you have success, it's also caused by the right attitude. So attitudes are extremely important as we head into 2024. And I believe it's not your annual resolutions that are the key, but your daily decisions of choosing the right attitude. Roy Smith, I've often quoted this at New Year, uh, he says, each morning puts a man on trial and each evening passes judgment. Not each year, each morning. I mean, no, the Bible doesn't say the Lord's mercies are new every year. They are new every morning. And so we need to think about our attitudes on a daily basis. Let me give you six things and we'll spend a, a little bit of practical time on, on number six, but I want you to think about attitudes as you enter 2024. Number one, our daily attitudes will determine our success or failure. Whether you'll be successful or not will depend on your daily choice of attitudes. John Maxwell says our attitude is the primary force that will determine whether we succeed or fail. Did you know that God favors good attitudes and he dislikes negative ones? When you have an attitude of faith, it draws the favor of God. In fact, the reason Israel failed in the wilderness is not because of just disobedience, but because of attitude. In fact, the book of Numbers tells us this. In Numbers 14, 
the Lord declaring his disappointment with Israel and his displeasure with them. He says, they will never ever they will never even see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has a different attitudes than the others have. So they have attitudes. Can you see that? But he has a different one. And he says, he has remained loyal to me, so I'll bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Caleb's attitude stood out from an entire nation. I want to be a person whose attitude stands out and attracts the favor of God. Because our success is not always determined by our education or our qualifications or our opportunities. It's often determined by our attitude. And you can go into a place and meet a person who's highly educated, but you get put off them because of their attitude. Isn't that true? And we need to have good attitudes. Caleb is not mentioned because of his righteousness or his obedience. He is highlighted by God because of his attitude. If there's one thing that will attract the blessing of God into your life is a good, faithful attitude in 2024. And you can cut off or you can increase the flow of God's blessing. Let me, let me just make this declaration today because this is a powerful or, or a shocking truth. It doesn't just mean because you're a Christian, you've got a good attitude. You can be born again, speak in tongues, know the Bible. You can even recite the whole book of Genesis, but have a stinking attitude. We've got to choose our attitudes, even though we're Christians, and it will determine our success. I want you to take a moment in the room to think of someone anyone in your life, in your family, in your business, in the Christian world, someone you admire and respect, you generally will, will admire or respect them, not because of their qualifications or their looks or their possessions, you will generally admire them because of their attitude. Yeah. Is that true or not? Think of someone right now, you will admire them because of their attitude or dislike people because of their attitude. Number two, attitudes speak before we even say a word. Hmm. You know, it's like, it's like when your parents or your spouse look at you and then you say this, this is to be, what? <laughs> hmm? Husbands and wives, parents and children, you give, you give your kids or your spouse and they go, what? See, it's nothing you said. It's what you gave off. Isn't that true? And uh, kids will often say, I haven't done anything. No, it's, it's your attitude. My word. See, before we even open our mouths, our attitude's already speaking for us. Isn't that true? John Maxwell says this, and he speaks a lot in attitude. He says, people may hear our words, but they feel our attitude. I don't think you just feel attitude. I think you smell attitude. That's why we say, your attitude stinks. And here's the problem when you've got a stinky attitude. You don't know it, but everyone else does. It's like someone with body odor. Everyone avoids them and like, ah. <laughs> and that person is like, no one loves me. Everyone rejects me. You know why? Because you're giving off an odor that is offensive. Maybe if you want 2024 to be good, you need to give off a good odor that will draw people to you. And instead of them avoiding you, they'll say, what are you wearing? Is that Tom Ford? <laughs> my favorite Persian I got it for Christmas from my very kind spouse who gave it to me with a good attitude. 
You see, attitude is highly visible even when you don't say anything. And you've got to learn how to detect attitudes, and you can see attitudes. Don't, don't, don't make the excuse, I don't know what's wrong with everybody. You, you can walk into church. In fact, no, not, you don't even get to walk in, you drive in. When you drive in, we can tell, trouble cometh. Because there's a cone and there's a person. And your attitude says, I will park where I want because I'm a Joe Burger. <laughs> By the time you get in here, the anointing's gone. The choice of songs doesn't matter because you can't worship. We give of something, isn't that true? And Jacob was working for Laban and it was his father-in-law and he detected Laban's attitude. In fact, it's a key passage of scripture in Genesis 31. I just want you to notice here because we need to detect it and we need to know that people can detect it and we shouldn't excuse our bad attitudes. It says, Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives and I will be with you. Let me just pause there. If people are giving you bad attitudes, don't react. Trust God. Yeah, but I, I go to work. I'm going to give the boss a piece of my mind. No, give God a piece of your prayers. Hmm? So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to come out from the fields where his flocks were. He said to them, I see that your father's attitude towards me is not what it was before. But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I've worked for your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages 10 times. You must learn how to read attitudes, but you mustn't be ruled by attitudes. And if you want 2024 20, to be good, learn to give off a good attitude, learn to read attitudes, and trust God. Don't blame people, but choose your attitude and determine that you're going to be successful. You know, you can walk into a shop and the person doesn't have to say anything, but you know what they give off? They give off, I'm lazy, I don't care, and I'm only here because I have to be. I mean, you know, people like that are not great to encounter. You want to encounter people that are willing and ready. John Maxwell in his book, How High Will You Climb? He says this about our attitude. He says, it's the advanced man of our true selves. In other words, it goes before you. Its roots are inward, but its fruit is outward. It's our best friend and our worst enemy. It's more honest and more consistent than our words. It's an outward look based on past experiences. It is a thing that draws people to us or repels them. It is never content until it is expressed. It is the librarian of our past. It is the speaker of our present. It is the prophet of our future. What will 2024 look like? It will depend on what you give off, whether you'll be successful or not. Your attitude goes before you without even saying a word. Number three, is this helping you today? Here's an important thing to remember. Our attitudes are always our choice. You want a brand new year? You need to start choosing brand new attitudes. Choose a new attitude towards your country, towards your spouse, towards your friends, your neighbors, your church, towards people around you. You'd be amazed what it does for you. People often looking for money in the new year. Rather look for an attitude. It'll bring money. On January the 1st, 1785, the British pastor John Wesley said the following. He was 82 years old. He said, whether this be the last year or no, may it be the best year of my life. 
In other words, I'm getting older, I'm getting crotchety, but I'm going to determine and choose my attitude whether this is my last year or not. What's your year going to be like? Depends on your attitude. And sometimes you make a list of resolutions. I reckon as we step out of this building, we can choose our attitudes as we walk up these stairs, as we drive out, as we encounter relatives, as we go somewhere maybe for dinner tonight or have dinner at home. We need to choose our attitudes because 2024 is dependent on attitudes. You have a choice. Viktor Frankl, who was in the concentration camps, said this. He said, we who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. That cannot be taken from us. We are free to choose our attitudes. In fact, Paul talks about attitude like getting dressed in the morning. And some of us, we, we would not get up and go out without clothes on. We choose our clothing, some better than others. Ephesians 4 and verse 22, he says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, because it's a choice, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. How? He says, and to put on the new self, Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, we often dress up the external. What about dressing up the internal? Today, I'm not going to be too concerned about how I look externally, but how do I look internally? And what am I giving off when I encounter people? It's a challenge in the country we live in. Because we're hostile, we're aggressive, we're lawless. And if 2024 is going to be good, let's be Christians. Let's shine our light and let's choose a good attitude. You see, when you get dressed with an attitude, you rule over your emotions. Paul says in Philippians 4, let me remind you, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. It's a choice to rule over my emotions. Benedict de Spinoza, the Dutch uh, 17th century uh, philosopher said this. He said, when a man is prey to his emotions, he is not his own master. You need to rule your emotions. And, and Charles Swindoll, I, I've read lots of books over the years. He wrote this book in 2016 uh, called Great Attitudes. And if you get a chance to get it, I'm, I'm not sure if it's online. Uh, these books are worn out in my library just from the inspiration I've received from them. And I just felt prompted again to, to preach on this uh, as I looked at, in December and interacted with people and looked at my own life. Uh, I want to read to you an excerpt from it. It's, it's, it's take about two minutes. He says this in, from the book, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, the education, the money, than circumstances, than failure, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance. Talking about getting dressed. Giftedness or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The one thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. He wraps up by saying, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. 
Can you say amen or clap? <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean clap because it's good. I mean clap because you're saying amen. Number four, is this helping anyone? And we'll spend a bit of time on number six as practical. Here's a very important thing about attitude. They are highly contagious and largely determined by association. Attitudes are contagious. Get in a lift with a lot of miffed people and you become miffed too. Have you noticed? That's how you want to be? Get in the lift and people say, hi, 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 how are you? Are you shopping? What did you buy? We pick it up. Be careful what you pick up from your family. And even if they're Christians, guard your attitude. Sometimes we let our guard down. And they're highly contagious, and you've got to be careful who you associate with because you can pick up attitudes from them. Who you gravitate to will determine your inner attitude. And we need to, that's why church is so important because we come here and we get an attitude renewal. If you want 2024 to be good, be in church often. Get to services, make an effort. Here's what I want to say, and I was chatting to guys just before the meeting. We are on social media for some young people 10, 12 hours a day. Then we expect to come to church and hear a 40-minute message, which sometimes is too long for us. That's going to shape our whole world. Now, you're going to be woked 10 to 12 hours a day about all the current issues. Everyone is on some issue or cause. We should send money to X, Y, Z. Well, start with yourself. Forgive me for that attitude. That's true. People want to point out stuff, and we're so influenced by social media, we need to be in the house of God, because we need to catch the spirit and the, the faith attitude, and there's so much to overpower us. Do you know that even your sexuality can be determined by the people you hang out with, not by what you feel inside? Spend time with certain kinds of people, and you'll either become adulterous, or you'll go down a road. That's why you've got to choose. You've got to choose where you're going to be tonight. Single people, I don't want to be all alone on New Year. Are you unhappy with yourself or what? Don't you like your own company? Hmm? Sometimes better to be alone with a bit of TV or earpods in and maybe some cake or a one chop in the pan than to be with people. You're going to take you down a road that's going to take weeks for you to recover from. Plutarch, the Greek philosopher, said this. He said, it is a true proverb that if you live with a lame man, you will learn to limp. <laughs> Number five, our internal attitudes, this is important for 2024, our internal attitudes create our external environment. Do you want to know what your future is going to look like in 2024? Your internal attitude will create your external environment. It's not the other way around. It's not the environment that creates your attitude. Your attitude creates the environment. It's not where we live or work. It's what lives in us and works in us that will determine. Either up in life or down in life according to your attitude. And attitude can make difficult things easier to bear. Do you know that? You have a job that's hard and you can't seem to get a breakthrough. Just by changing your attitude, the job can change. Go to work, they don't pay me. Have you seen the boss and how much they earn? And they sit around talking and then they tell me to run to the stock room and they tell me to do this and I've got to stay late and it's because they made up their minds at the last minute. 
gosh, by the time you go home, I pity your spouse or your friends or your neighbor. You've got to go to work and say, you know what, no matter what they do here, this is free education. They are negative, critical, and they don't like me. Uh, but you know what I've learned in the gym? That when there's resistance, there's usually development. I reckon we need to see our attitudes as primary, and even Jesus said it. He said this about attitude, how it can make difficult things easy. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 41, he says, if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. See, if he forces you to carry it, the Romans had a rule that if they were carrying military gear and they were on a Roman business, you as a citizen had to carry that gear for a mile, then they'd ask someone else to carry it. He says, you know how you change your attitude? You don't carry it with... No, you... How far do you want me to go? So how's it going? And where are you on your way to? By the time you put it down after two miles, you're less tired than you would have been after one mile because your attitude creates the environment. Some of you need to apply this to the burdens you're carrying. You've not met my husband or Pastor Andre. People come to me at the table, would you pray for me? Uh, you can see they're carrying a burden. Carry it two miles. Your attitude will change the environment rather than looking for the environment to change so your attitude can change. You see, Hugh Downs, he was a broadcaster and a author. He said, a happy person is not a person in a certain set of circumstances, but a person in a certain set of attitudes. Sure. Our environment is always created by our inward feelings, and our attitude will create 2024. 20, and, uh, you, you know, in preaching like this, there are probably some of you sitting here quietly who are quite negative, and you're going, you know, all well for you, and this positive thinking stuff, especially if you've been watching uh, things on YouTube about how big churches are all positive and faithful. Yeah, it's all about positivity, and you know. I love what this guy said. His name is Cavett Robert. He's a motivator. He says, if you think every day, if you don't think every day is a good day, just try missing one. <laughs> I reckon every day is a good day. Because better a dead dog, a live dog than a dead lion. Can you say amen? amen? And so attitude will make a difference. It will elevate us. It will make a difference. Not money or education, but attitude will determine uh, altitude. John Maxwell in his wonderful book, 1992 book, he already said, and I studied this book backwards until I could almost recite it, he said, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. Soon, what is happening within us will affect, affect what is happening without. A hardened attitude is a dreaded disease. It causes a closed mind and a dark future. When the attitude is positive and conducive to growth, the mind expands and progress begins. You've got to learn how to adopt a good attitude. Paul learned it, and we've quoted this passage so many times, I want you to think about it in terms of attitude. Philippians chapter four. He says, not that I was ever in need, but I have learned how to be content with what I have. You can't buy a new car. You, you think a new car in 2024 is gonna make you happy? No, learn how to be content. Can I just pause you, because I didn't intend to say this, but we've been talking about this over dinner several times. I noticed that restaurants are packed with people, but not just packed with people having a salami, 
packed with people eating oysters and prawns. Some people dressed to the nines. Some with nails so long, I don't know how they actually hold a knife and fork. And I'm like, and then, then you, you see the car. You're, oh my word, that's like 50K a month. Then they live in a rented apartment. Are we trying to impress people and live it up? Thinking that, no, you need to think ahead. Because for, before you blink, before you blink, you're old. And then when you put those nails on, you look like a witch. <laughs> now you can put those nails on now and take selfies while you're 30 or 40, you know. But when you get to 60, uh, there's a witch coming. No, you have to think ahead about what attitude you're going to have. You've got to learn how to be content so that in your older age, you don't depend on other people. Make your children's lives a misery. Yeah? We've spent our lives trying to pay our house off. That's why we drive new, nice cars. We drive nice cars not because they are financed, because we were able to pay our, our house almost off and then use the money to buy motor cars cash. You've got to use your head. And you've got to think ahead and you've got to learn how. It doesn't come naturally. We want things instantly. Can I encourage you here as a man of God and as a father of disciples to think carefully and not to jump into things? Because people are not impressed. In fact, they get angry with you. Have you seen my car? <laughs> They're like, yeah. Your attitude stinks. Because we're trying to use stuff to make up for a lack inside. Now, should you have a good car? Absolutely. But learn how to be content. So I went on a prophetic rant there, but I... I'll come back. Maybe it was the Lord. Maybe it was just me. Verse 12, Paul says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. In other words, I've adopted a certain kind of attitude, where it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do all, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You see, a good attitude is not automatic. You have to learn it. And you have to adopt it, and then it will shape your external world. Martha Washington was a very interesting woman. She was married to the great George Washington, twice president of the United States during what they called the Revolutionary War. She was deeply in love with George, but George moved around a lot. And he was asked to fight, and then he was asked to be the president. And she had to uproot herself and go around with him. And in her book and in her, uh, her letters and journal, which have now been compiled into books, she speaks about it, and she says this. She says, I am still determined to be cheerful and happy in whatever situation I may be, for I have also learned from experience that the greater part of our happiness or misery depends upon our dispositions and not upon our circumstances. Attitude will determine your happiness. Can I encourage you if you're on the brink of running out of South Africa and if you're immigrating, I want to say God bless you, but take a moment to think because you could get to the other side and find that you want to come back because it was your attitude, not the reality you know, Chaz Everett, our estate agents, they've been saying that people are coming back to South Africa in their droves. Why? Because they discovered that Europe is unsettled. There's war there. Cost of living is horrendous. 25 rand to the pound. Take a taxi to visit my son in England, and it cost me 12,000 rand from London to Reading. 12,000 rand. I can go eat out how many times here? <laughs> Be careful. 
Your attitude shapes your world. I've got a few minutes left, but number six, choose these six simple attitudes for a great new year. Are you ready? Choose these six simple attitudes. If you can choose these attitudes every day, can I encourage you to memorize them? Number one, be positive. It's better than negative. See the good in your country, in your home, in your marriage, in your business. See the good in people. Our attitude can make life better. It can't change circumstances, but it can certainly change the way we look at life. And it's up to us to choose to be positive rather than negative. Brian Tracy, the uh, author of wonderful leadership books, if you haven't read any of his stuff, I'd encourage you to. In his book, Maximum Achievement, he says this. He says, positive expectations are the mark of the superior personality. It is superior to choose positivity over negativity because negativity is natural. Number two, be relational. Serve God and serve people, not things. I don't know if you've noticed, but people are drawn to you when you're relational. If you're annoyed by people, seek their salvation. I need to learn to pray for people on the road. Lord, save him from hell and death. <laughs> that person cut me off. I pray that you'd save them from hell and death. <laughs> now, I've got, to, I've, got to, I've got to figure it out. Help me, Lord. But I don't know if you realize that life is essentially about others. And you can't be successful on your own. So be relational. Choose to reach out to people no matter what they do. Number three, be unselfish. Serve God and serve people. I don't know if you've noticed, but people are also drawn to unselfish people. So give. I believe that the most unhappy people in the world are entitled people. And I say this very carefully, so don't misread what I'm saying. Have you noticed when you go out on a journey how arduous it is? We, we live about 10 kilometers from Santon City, and on that journey you go through many robots. And you meet very, very entitled people who will mumble at you, swear at you, get in your face in the window. Why? Because they feel entitled because they're not giving society anything. All they're wanting is expecting from society. They've chosen it as a lifestyle. Some of them, maybe a few of them, are in unfortunate circumstances. A lot of them choose that as a way of life. And you choose a way of life where you expect from people, you will be unhappy. Be relational and be unselfish. Uh, Paul, uh, sorry, Peter writing in 1 Peter 3 says, to conclude, you must all have the same attitude and the same feelings. Love one another as brothers and sisters and be kind and humble with one another. Number four, this might surprise you, but I think this is a very important attitude as a Christian. Be humble. I can't tell you how many pastors I know who are not humble. They're supposed to be teaching their church to be humble, but they aren't. Be humble. Admit your need for God. Admit your sin. Change. Allow the Holy Spirit to have His way in you. Mix with people that are lower than you. 1 Peter 3 and verse 8 says, keep a humble attitude. And 1 Peter 5 says this. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He might in due time lift you up. You want to go up? Go down. Sometimes it's best just to avoid telling people all about yourself. Let them discover. Do you know that? Can you believe it? I was talking to... We bumped into a guy the other day. We were walking in the estate. He says, hi, how are you? He's lived in our estate for, from the beginning, and we often say hi and friends with him and so on. 
And he says uh, to Wilma and I, because Wilma holds onto my arm, um, I think it's because she loves me. <laughs> She's quite steady. And he says, he comes out, he says, I want to be like you when I grow up. You're always walking together. He, he said this to us the other day. He came out, he said, hello, how's it, how's it? I said, hi, how are you? He says, hey, I found out that you guys are the pastor of that church up there. I'm, I didn't know that. I said, yeah. <laughs> said, I said, we're just ordinary people. No, man, but it's almost like I would have treated you different. You should have told me. So I'm walking through the estate. Hi, how's it? You know who I am. You know how many people we got? And you think that's the only campus? No, there's five. No. And that's what leaders and pastors do. They want to be in the prominent place, mix with politicians, tell you how important they are, how big their church is. It's the only church in the country that is X, Y, Z. Let's be humble. It's the best attitude to have. Can I ask you this question? How many of you enjoy the fact that we are in the foyer shaking hands and greeting people? It's our way of staying humble lest we start to think we're professional speakers. We speak, but that's not our job is to know the sheep and for the sheep to know us. Don't take advantage. Don't ask stupid questions. Don't be ugly. But let's be humble. Am I making sense today? Is this helping you? Do you think 2024 can be good if we're positive, relational, unselfish, humble? Number five, be grateful. An attitude of gratitude is God's will for your life. When ungrateful people are often miserable and entitled, isn't that true? They say grateful people are happier and healthier. They live longer. And they're relationally easier to get along with. It's wonderful when you have grateful people in your life. Give them a small Christmas present and they're grateful. Don't open the Christmas one. Can you believe what they bought for us? Wonder what they got this. I wonder if someone else gave this to them. No. Be grateful. Some people didn't make it to 2023 to 2024. 1 Thessalonians 5, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Notice, be thankful in, not for, in. See, it's an attitude. And then number six here, which I don't want to rush through, but I want you to get this, be prayerfully expectant. Have an attitude where you're praying, but you're expectant. You're, you've got a positive attitude. God's going to do something good. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. It might be the first week, the second week. It might be March, and, and I don't see anything yet. But even when I don't see it, you're working. Prayerfully expectant. I'm going to keep asking God for good things. I'm going to keep expecting His favor in my home, in my family, in my business, in my country, in my church. Norman Vincent Peale, years ago, the father of all the positive thinking. He said today, speaking of then, I think it was the 40s, he said today any successful and competent businessman will employ the latest and best tested methods in production, distribution, and administration. Then he says this, many are discovering that one of the greatest of all efficiency methods is prayer power. Do all the other stuff, but have an attitude of prayerful expectation. You know, one of the reasons why we don't pray is because we don't expect great things from God. 
And Billy Graham said this. He said, heaven is full of answers to prayer for which no one bothered to ask. I think if you don't ask, you won't receive. And if you don't expect from God, have something that you believe in God for. Have you got any vision this year? Let me tell you this quickly. Four men were meeting in Memphis. They met regularly in the south of America there in Memphis, and they would discuss their lives. Uh, one of them owned a petrol station. The other one was an accountant. The other was a teacher. And uh, the other was a wholesale appliance salesman. And they got together, and they would chat and eat and so on. And then end of one year, they shared their, their longings and desires and plans that they had for 2024, you know, for the next year coming up. And they decided to set some goals. And the service station owner was doing pretty well. But he said, I've got a goal. I want to make a, a, a million, a million, equivalent of million, a million rand in the next five years. And at the time, it was quite a high goal. The wholesale appliance salesman said, I, I want to make uh, uh, 500,000 over the next five years, and, and, and I'm going to try and increase that over the years. And then the, the teacher set a goal to be in one of the best educational institutions in the country, and he hoped to get a position. And the accountant said, well, I, I'm just going to do the best I can and, and see what happens. Well, within five years, the service station owner was worth 20 million. Within four years, the appliance salesman was making more than 500,000 a year, and he's a wealthy man today. The teacher, within two years and 10 months, was teaching at one of the best institutions in his field. And then the, the, the story ends like this. Sadly, the accountant is still working at his same job as he always had. You see, it's what you expect and your attitude of faith and attitude of prayer. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to say to you. Don't lose an attitude of faith because it's very hard to get it back. It's very hard to get it back. John Maxwell puts it like this. He says, maintaining the right attitude is easy uh, than regaining the right attitude. We need to be people who pray and expect God to do something. Listen to me. We can burden God with what burdens us. And when we expect and we've got the right attitude, nothing is impossible in 2024. My time is up, and I want to close with this quote. Um, businessman W.W. Zeej wrote an article way back in the Forbes magazine uh, January 1948. See, there's nothing new under the sun. And the article was called this, Thoughts on the Business Life. And this is what he said, and I want to leave you with this quote before we pray. He said, nothing can stop the person with the right mental attitude from achieving their goal. And nothing on earth can help the person with the wrong mental attitude. Attitude determines altitude and we need to decide every day to choose the right attitudes because then we, when, when we enter 2024, we won't run out of resolutions by the end of January. We'll just keep on into February every day choosing the right attitude, into March choosing the right attitude. When it gets really hard in June, we just wake up in the morning and get dressed with the right attitude and we go through the whole year with new attitudes for a new year instead of resolutions that end at the end of January. Amen. Can you say amen? We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.